But we're going to take a couple minutes before we close today and look into the Word of God and look into a story that is familiar about Christmas. Um, and so we're going to go to Luke chapter 1. So if you have a Bible, uh, you can turn there with me. And I really just want to share a couple thoughts here today uh, from Luke chapter 1. Uh, we've been looking at the Christmas story, and they've been talking about the Christmas story this morning. Sometimes Christmas can be hard to find depth, meaning you can get lost in Christmas, can't you? It can get busy and overwhelming, and I hear a lot of people talk about the real meaning of Christmas, and then what comes out of their mouth next has nothing to do with the real meaning of Christmas. Or maybe it's the surface level of what Christmas is about, but it doesn't get down to the root. And we've been trying to dig down into the roots of what Christmas really is about, what the experience was like for the characters that we read in the Word of God. Maybe you've never considered these were real people. They had real doubts and real fears and real struggles. What would you think if someone announced to you that you were going to have a baby and you weren't married and you hadn't been sexually active at all? What would you think? Mary thought that. Mary felt that. And so we want to take a look at some real people in this story. Not fairy tale, not caricatures, not cartoons. Christmas. What does that story teach us? What does it mean to us? And so we're going to look at this idea of Christmas today. Because life presents us with things that are too big for us. Things that are beyond us, that are out of our grasp that we can't quite get there. And maybe you came today and you are going as fast as you can and doing as much as you can and pressing as hard as you can. Maybe it's because of Christmas. Maybe it's just because of life. And life is wringing you dry. What we're going to look at today, I hope, has some encouragement for you from the story of Mary in the book of Luke. In chapter 1. And so I'm going to read from 26 down to verse 38. We're just going to read it and then I'm going to make a few comments and give you an opportunity, give you an offer, give you an invitation. And then we'll be on our way today. So Luke chapter 1, here's what it says. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, who is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. And the angel left her. 
We've looked at a lot of stories in, 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 through the Christmas story, and, and I just want to share two thoughts with you that, that jump out at me. There's a lot of stuff here, and we're not going to go verse by verse like we normally do to, to, to drive every thought out of here, but just two thoughts really occur to me. An angel shows up in Mary's room. I, I imagine if an angel showed up in your room today, you might be scared. It might freak you out. It might make you nervous. The angel's words are, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Good news. She's not in trouble. There's nothing bad. But her reaction is fear. And it got me to thinking that a lot of times when God shows up in your life, when God's knocking on the door of your heart, when God's trying to get your attention, one of the telltales is fear. It is normal for you to be afraid when God is at work. Well, why is that? Well, here's why. Because when God shows up and God asks you to do things, many times it's things that are too big for you, are too much for you, are too hard for you, that you've never planned, that you've never considered, that you've never thought. And so the Bible tells us that her soul is greatly troubled. And the angel says to her, fear not. You don't have to be afraid, Mary. God has a plan for you, and it's a big plan, and she's afraid. And so I would say to you, when God calls you to walk by faith, it does not mean that he will remove all the fear from your life. And so if you live sometimes in your life being afraid of what might come, of what might happen, if you're a worrier, anybody a worrier? If you're someone who has those emotions that overwhelm you, listen, here's the deal. Nothing's wrong with you. And it doesn't mean you don't believe God. It doesn't mean you don't have faith. But it does mean you have a choice. What it means is this. Although there may be moments when you are afraid, fear cannot be the last word. Faith has to be the last word. Faith in a God who is big enough, who is strong enough, who is great enough, who will not harm anyone who comes to him to place their lives in his hands. Faith or fear. A lot of times it's both. And the choice you have is not to mute fear out and to make it go away. The choice you have is whether or not you will put fear in the driver's seat. I am fascinated as I watch the news, as I watch what goes on in this world, even advertising, at how much fear has become a weapon to drive us as humanity to do what somebody else wants. Have you noticed that? Well, you don't want to miss out. And there's only two hours left on this sale. And if you, get, if you miss it, it'll never come back. You know? when, when our kids were younger, the Disney used to threaten us by putting movies in the vault. You know? It's like, we're not going to take it out for seven years. I'm like, so what? You got 30 million movies. Everything drives us by fear. You don't want to be left out. You don't want to be rejected. You don't want... Man, fear is driving us. But as children of God, we, we don't turn it off. We turn away from it. We choose faith instead. And you might be shaking in your boots as you step out in faith, but you're called to step out in faith. And so I hope Mary, as an example to you, someone who is a hero in the word of God, Someone who, when the news came to her about God's plan for her life, was shaking, could be an encouragement to you. That you don't have to be without fear. 
You just have to refuse to let fear tell you what to do. And the other thing I notice is this. Then the angel says to her, I've got this big plan for you. You're going to have a son. His name's going to be Jesus. And by the way, he's going to be the son of the Most High. There is a clear implication here that he is going to be the savior of the world. Jesus, he will save his people from her sins. Now, I don't know many people who, when they have a child, feel like, I got this. Most people, when you have a child, feel like, uh, what am I going to do now? Isn't there somebody who's going to tell me how to do this parenting thing? And every time you think you have it figured out, they grow. <laughs> and what worked like a year ago, not working so well anymore. They have this like nasty habit of getting bigger and more challenging and older and more opinionated as time goes by. Mary has to deal with the fact that she is unmarried, which her pregnancy is scandalous, that she doesn't know if Joseph will accept her or reject her because of this. She also has to deal with this idea that she's going to have a child and she's going to be a mom and she's got to figure out what to do about that. How am I going to raise this child? But then on top of that, God says, now this child I'm giving you is going to save the world. So don't mess him up. I mean, you think you worry about your children, keeping them safe? Like, if Mary blows it, it's over. Mary, living overwhelmed. Can you imagine? If she did not choose faith, if she chose worry, if she chose safety, if she chose to not step out in boldness into the plan of God for her life. The reason that fear shows up in your life is because God brings into your life the same stuff he brought into Mary's life. Something that's too big for you to do. You look at the callings in front of you and they might be stuff that's distasteful. They might be stuff that's overwhelming. It might be the impossible task. Have you ever lived with impossible in your life? What you're looking at, what you're facing, there's just no good answers to it. No answers you like, maybe no answers you even have. What do you do about that? What do you do in those moments when life has you completely blocked in and there's nowhere to go and nowhere to turn? What you need to say, if you say it, everything's going to fall apart. But meanwhile, while you're keeping it in, you're falling apart. What you need to do, if you do it, I think I will lose everything. But by holding back and not doing it, you're losing everything anyway. You're fading into invisibility. You're in an impossible situation. And you look at all that it will take and all that it requires and you go, I can't do that. Maybe it's a habit that you can't kick. Maybe it's a person you can't get past. Maybe it's a wound that will never heal. Maybe it's a financial struggle or a health struggle and it's too big and it's too hard and it will never go away. What do you do about that? Will you do what Mary did? Mary said, God, is there something I'm supposed to do about this? How will this be? I'm not married. I'm not sexually active. How will this be that I will have a child? And God's answer is basically this. Give it to me. I'm going to do it. It's going to happen in you. It's going to happen through you. And there's going to be things you need to do in response to it. But I'm the one who's going to do it. Put it in my hands. Let me be the one whose strength is at work. And what I would say to you today is this. If you're facing impossible stuff in your life, 
That's what God is doing. He's inviting you to put it in His hands, to put your life in His hands. For with God, nothing is impossible. With God, what we look at and say, that can't happen, that can't be, God says, I got it. Don't worry about it. I can take it. I can handle it. The very nature of life for us is that we are powerless, especially over things like our past. Can you go back and change your past? Could you go back and edit? We did this exercise many times as I was growing up in college and stuff. Like, what would you change about your life if you could change something? If you could go back and change something, where would you go? Do you know what's ridiculous about that? You can't go back. It's a waste of time. But you know what? There is an answer for the failures of your past. There is an answer for the wounds that you've endured. It's just not possible for you to do anything about it. But there is one who can. For with God, nothing is impossible. And so when you run up against these places where you can't do it, God is inviting you. Think about it. The implications of God saying, with me, nothing is impossible. It means God has enough power to meet each and every need and each and every challenge that you will ever face. And if you're still stuck, if you still, all you see is the impossible wall, it means one of two things. It means either what you think is impossible, what you think you need, is not what God actually knows you need. That, it might be that. But more often it's this. I won't give it to him. I'm going to make it happen how I want to make it happen. I'm going to be in charge of my life. I'm going to do it my way. And all the weight of life winds squarely up on your shoulders. And you're heavy. And you're weary. One of the phrases about Christmas that's really famous said to the, to the shepherds in the field, peace on earth. Peace on earth. Sounds like a great thing, doesn't it? Peace on earth. We don't see that right now. As you look out there, the truth is that as Jesus comes back and reigns, one day there will be peace on earth. There will be an end to sin, to violence, to wickedness, to evil. There will be peace on earth. But it's not. We don't have to wait till then to have peace. But peace doesn't come by everything in your life calming down. Peace doesn't come because you have the perfect Christmas or the perfect family or the perfect job. Peace comes because you have the perfect one who lives inside of you. And I would say to you this, the biggest impossible thing you will ever face is dealing with your desperate need for a relationship with God and your absolute lostness on your own in getting that. The Christmas story is a story about God coming to earth in the form of Jesus Christ so that you and I, that our failures, our mistakes could be washed away and we could have a relationship with God that brings life. We could put our lives in his hands and he could do the impossible with them. And so I would say to you today, if you've never made that choice, the invitation is here. I'm not here to dazzle your minds. I'm not here today so that I could tell you something dramatically new. I'm here today to say you have an opportunity to put your life in the hands of Almighty God who cared enough to come and give His life so that you could do that. Because for you, life will be impossible. Mistakes are unredeemable. 
People are unmanageable. Your life is uncontrollable. Your future is uncertain. But with God, all things are possible. And so the invitation is, will you put your life in his hands? If you've never done that, he's inviting you today to place your life in his hands and watch him do what no one else can. If you're here today as a child of God, I would say, have you been living with your life in his hands? Oh, I'll give him forever, but how about today? How about Christmas? Have you given him Christmas, or do you got plans for Christmas? What if Christmas doesn't work out the way you want it to? You going to be okay with that? What if you can't do what you'd like to do for Christmas? What if you can't buy the gifts you want to buy? What if you can't go to the places you want to go? What if you're sick? What if it doesn't snow? (laughs) The opportunity we have as children of God is simply this. Not only to be born again by faith, but to live by faith. Every single minute, every single day. How are we doing? That's what Christmas is about. Christmas is not about family and home and decorations and warmth and music and song and presents. Christmas is all those things, but it's not about those things. Christmas is about the fact that hope has come to this world through Jesus Christ, who is very God in human flesh. And the only way my life will ever matter or make sense or have any hope is if my life is in his hands. And I'm inviting you today, put your life in his hands. If you've never done that, if you need help, I'd be happy to help you today. Come see me afterwards. Write me an email, something. I will catch up with you. Trust me. But you don't need my help. You can turn to God in your heart right now. No matter where you stand on the spiritual journey, you can turn to him right now and say, God, my life needs to be in your hands again. I'm getting tired of holding it, and I'm not doing such a good job. So that's the invitation today. Just like Mary. Mary said, be it to me as you have said. I'm your servant. My life is in your hands. Will you do what Mary did? Maybe God put an impossible thing, a fearful thing in front of you. Hey, God, I'm giving it back to you. Let's do that. Let's close with a word of prayer. I'm going to give you an opportunity just to take a moment and pray to him if you need to. So let's bow our heads before the Lord. Maybe you're here today and you want to have that moment of prayer. Just take this time right now. Say, God, I I need to put my life in your hands. I don't know all that that means, but I know this. It's not working in my hands. So I want to give my life to you. And just watch what he does this Christmas season as he fulfills the promise of a baby in a manger, a king born to a virgin. Because that miracle resonates into your life today.